0: age is ability to find out information learn from people and find who experts are in various fields in learning probate my, my goal is always to learn more different markets different ways of doing business i often find youtubes and listen to people who don't know what they're talking about but sometimes you watch somebody and you know instantly they're not just somebody they're a pro in the business and so today i'm really excited to have really one of the big players in the probate business nationally the probate pro Darren, finally, Darren. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Excellent, excellent. And and Bill, I appreciate you having me on. I just slight correction on my last name. It's no big oh. deal, but in honor of my dad, he'd want me to correct you and say Finling. Finling. Thank it's you. It's okay. Doesn't bother me. But uh, great to be here and great to talk about uh, the work you're doing.
0: So tell me about your business. Let's just start with a quick overview. The Probate Pro is a what an attorney service or probate service, uh, uh, legal services. For consumers, and where are you based
1: out of? Yeah, so we're a national probate law firm. I'm coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, suburbs of Detroit. And we're a national law firm that provides probate services. So we're uh, handling estate related matters that could mean somebody has died, or it could be somebody that is alive but is in need of guardianship or conservatorship. And we provide this service uh, to uh, individuals. And we do this on a national platform because we have offices in different states, as well as we provide a coordination service so that files that uh, come to us that need to be referred to lawyers around the country, we provide a service called probate coordination where we're referring cases nationally to other lawyers
0: and it, you know very uh, very impressive uh uh in terms of uh, the the structure of your website over a billion dollars distributed to clients and yet when you go on you get a hi this is darren can i help you and i'm thinking oh my gosh darren you have to get off of the website i'm gonna you on my i'm gonna get a Zoom call so how much of your business is consumer facing how much of it is uh attorneys in other states bring you on because they aren't licensed or can't perform in other states
1: Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have a a great business model where our uh, primary driver of our business is from other professionals and primarily lawyers. So we would consider ourselves to be primarily a business to business law firm because of our brand strength and our wide recognition of the work that we do. We also generate a lot of direct to consumer related work so the vast majority of it is coming from law firms and lawyers around the country who are in need of our services who contact us to provide support service and then of course other professionals like realtors title companies uh, financial advisors brokers people that may or cpas that may be in the professional world who are in need of our services maybe for a particular issue they're facing Uh, of course here in a real estate context i know that Often this issue arises um, when somebody has died and there's going to be a, a, a transition in terms of its of a house. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But that's kind of the, the gamut of the work that we do.
0: Got it. And um is in your role in the company, are you, you know, hands-on in terms of legal cases? Are you exclusively hands-off and you have attorneys that work for you and with you? Or how how involve you in the day-to-day cases of individual clients?
1: Yeah, sure. So as I'm in my 29th year of being uh, a law firm owner, I'm the sole owner of this business, and I've grown it from a single person doing billing, reception work, uh, attracting clients, delivering legal services into uh, maybe the largest probate law firm in the country. I, I don't know really how to measure that. But now, primarily my role is uh, helping uh, the vision of this law firm continue to grow and expand to other states and 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 to expand the vision to ensure that we meet all of the objectives so a lot of big relationship work throughout the day and i talk to clients talk to clients all the time so i'm both directly in the weeds and often building and expanding the business as the visionary of the probate pro
0: and is your uh, platform nationwide all 50 states or most of the states or certain states you don't operate in or how does that work
1: yeah i know we're national so every state and uh territory and in the little nooks and crannies around the country of little counties uh we provide this service so one mm-hmm. of the uh, problems that often arises is that people are trying to find a competent experienced lawyer in a particular space or area and they just don't know where to turn so uh, those professionals often come to us and we coordinate that probate and provide the services to or refer it out to other lawyers that are in our network, let's call it.
0: For those of you watching and who are regular on this call, look, it's meant to be participative. This is a professional, a pro in this business. If you've seen his youtubes you know he knows this material. It's a great resource, it's a chance for you to participate. So, two things I want you to do is if you have questions, either put in the chat box or raise your hand if you have the Zoom call, I'd love to get you there. If you watching the live streams on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to put the questions there. I'll try to catch them and even if it's after the fact, I'll get back to you or get them back to uh, Darren. Second of all, feel free to network, put your contact information, where you do business, what you're looking for, what you bring to the marketplace. Uh, we're not selling any coaching, we're not selling any data, we're networking, we're masterminding, we're trying to improve all of our business and do a better job. And hopefully we're gonna uh, introduce you to a resource today that's gonna to both teach you and at the same time, perhaps be a resource that you can use in your practice. So, uh, Darren, the the um, I think the I get these phone calls all the time. Uh, I need a probate attorney, but really, I think you know the answer would be well. There could, that could mean a guardianship, a ship. It could mean just a simple probate administration. It could mean a complicated litigation. They're calling because they have an heir who wants to fight with somebody, which is litigation, uh, or they want to avoid probate through maybe trust or, or planning and such so you must have a fairly um uh involved intake process where you have people who interview people and ask questions and go through is that automated is it personal how does that get handled on intake
1: yeah so we do uh, we really try to meet the needs of the people that are contacting us so we have firms that are contacting us law firms that are uh, referring cases to us that may be by telephone Uh, we have people that are coming through our website and that may be just through our web widget, where it pops up and says, "Hi, Darren is here. How can we help you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people who are emailing us, texting us. We use all sorts of communication, whatever is you know necessary to help connect with the people. And in terms of the intake of the inflow of business, we do have a. Uh, we use a lot of technology to help us kind of manage it. We're a Salesforce business, so we we use mm-hmm. Salesforce as a. Um, as our platform for purposes of managing it, I'm on the front lines. Though I talk to people who call in, uh, no different than other people in my office. I really enjoy that piece. I've been doing it my whole career. I got started doing a lot of uh, pro bono work where I was helping in legal aid clinics. So I'm really comfortable helping people who are in distress. And and if you think about my particular space, most of the people that are calling us are grieving, have suffered or are suffering somebody in their family with mental health issues or a traumatic brain injury they're generally not in a great space so uh, you really need a, a particular type of personality to be able to handle and manage those calls and then anybody that calls us whether or contacts us whether they're going to be a client or not we always put them in the right direction so not every person that calls in of course is going to retain us but we feel obligated with our great knowledge to then help them and steer them in the right direction.
0: So my personal business is is very focused in California, though I'm building a national platform of agents and a team of agents around the country, but still we're very California focused. I know you do some business in California. Uh, Can you kind of just, you start with maybe an overview, how is California different than the rest of your national practice?
1: Excellent. So, this concept of probate, which is, let's call probate the umbrella of all of the different types of areas of law that include somebody that has died, trust work, estate planning work, guardianship, conservatorship, this whole gamut, each state is unique. There's just no uniformity. So I could never figure out how to do something in another state. It's not intuitive. Uh, I understand the basic language, of course, but the processes are all unique. And California, which is pretty typical with California is pretty progressive in terms of its laws so often. um, You know the, the concepts that originate in California and some of the progressive states make their way throughout the rest of the country years later. So comparing state by state is just an impossibility the paperwork's different the language is often different the filing fees the timelines it's quite different and so. Um, I can help just give overview and concepts of of probate, but to speak of specificity within each state, it really requires somebody who is experienced doing it day-to-day in each state. So I got a
0: question from Charles W. on the uh, Zoom call, which was, do you partner with other service providers to get referrals? I imagine that's part of your, you mentioned front relationships. You're getting vendors or national companies that need Help in multiple jurisdictions, and rather than find one in each, they can turn to you to to do that for them.
1: Yeah, so um, that question is a great question. I just want to go back a little bit in time because I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. I, you know, I'm building a business. I'm not just a lawyer, although that is the craft that I've been trained to do. I wanted to build a business, and and if if I could just impart a little bit of wisdom around that, yeah. I I thought very early on in my career, I recognize that it's going to be very difficult to get a file one at a time. You would get a file, the relationship would come to an end, and then that client hopefully would refer you to their friends, but it could be years before they needed you again. So I found going direct to consumer was very difficult, and if, you, if, if you've ever driven down the highway or listened to television, you know that the advertisers who are doing a lot of the marketing are the big personal injury law firms, the the ones that are generating a lot of money and most other lawyers don't advertise because it's expensive, the cost of acquisition is expensive. So I realized that partnering with professionals, whether it be uh, financial service professionals, CPAs realtors developing really close relationships with them would develop like an annuity the idea that they'd keep feeding you, they'd keep handing you work because they trust you to deliver the service well. So early on in my practice and in my career, as I was growing this business, I thought it it was much wiser for me to, instead of going direct to consumer, one client at a time, to develop and strengthen the relationships for purposes of the referrals into our business model. Mm -hmm. Now to counter that, with the relationships that we're handing work to, You can imagine lawyers around the country really want to do work with us. We're a, a big probate law firm and we're handing them work. So it's quite easy to attract those relationships. But it's all about relationship building. And I work seven days a week, a hard worker. I'm constantly developing relationships, new relationships to help strengthen and grow the business. It's part of our core strategy here. Hopefully that's answered your question, yeah. but it's really about partnering and developing strong relationships of other professionals.
0: Well, I know you're just doing, I think, on a larger scale. You've been doing that long enough now that it's a larger scale uh, that many of us try to do here locally with attorneys, right? Rather than just deal with consumers, if you can service attorneys and earn their relationship, then you're getting somebody who does a couple probates a, a year, a couple of months, rather than one at a time, same
1: kind of thing. Yeah, maybe I should speak about the the I'm a real I'm a broker myself a real estate broker and I'll talk a little bit about the relationship between lawyer and realtor because I think it's relevant to this particular group Mm -hmm. so with uh the realtor world the realtors all want our business there's not a day that goes by that I don't have a realtor contacting me saying hey would you allow us to service you and so we try to allow the realtors Uh, to develop relations with the lawyers and other professionals in my office. And then those that deliver great service just keep getting fed. They keep getting more work. So those people that have proven themselves. And what I mean by that is they're attentive to the client. They treat the client well. They're responsive. They do all the things you were taught in elementary school. They return calls they advocate they, they're respectful they do all the basics and those people keep getting fed and the people that don't don't so that's the we believe in that model it is a meritocracy right it's based on merit it's not based on you know friendship uh, I have friends who are also doing great work but it's really based on uh, those who uh, perform the best that we're willing to develop the relationships with it, i do believe for the realtors that are listening in that developing those relationships are very valuable valuable because if you can get a good relationship with a law firm that is and they feed you and you do good work you've now avoided the necessity into going direct to consumer marketing and and advertising for new relationships and new customers you've now developed a stream of of potential referrals and that's how we built our business it's all been based on developing based on that model that paradigm
0: i would imagine now let me just take a guess here i obviously don't need your business at all but in my experience not only is it developing relationship and getting business and earning it but it's also i learned how that attorney works how their paralegal works how their systems are so i can help them improve their systems i can be more integrated and more tightly So the customer gets a better legal law firm service because I'm the realtor, not just better realtor service because I'm the realtor, right? When one plus one is three, not one plus one is two.
1: Yeah. And I think, Bill, to that point, you you understand the cadence, you understand their expectations, and you know you have to develop a relationship. And so often, professionals and entrepreneurs and realtors, they, they just hope everything's gonna be easy. I will tell you, I built this law firm over the last 29 years it has never been easy it's been a grind
0: say that again
1: you know I because I get asked
0: all the time I heard probate's an easy niche I'm like no it's not easy
1: in my in my state there had never been a law firm that I'm aware of that had more than five probate lawyers and I grew it to about 20 and then before we expanded into other states it is a grind I'm here at seven o'clock doing this because I actually love communicating these kinds of concepts to people, but it's a grind. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, day-to-day effort to uh do this type of work. And it's about connections and relationships. And the more relationships that you have, no different than friends or family, the stronger uh you are. And so I just encourage everybody that is, you know, wherever they may be, may be, it's about building and developing authentic relationships. Um, And we look at it as a win-win. If you look at it like it's only one directional then that's called using somebody and that's that's different but bi-directional you you treat each other well you service each other well and you both benefit
0: let's get in a little bit on the granular part just because i know you have a big perspective and a national perspective Uh, i primarily work in california i'm only licensed in california in california we have specific documents for probate listings we have a listing uh, addendum we have a a Purchase agreement addendum, and then we have a probate addendum that goes to either one of those or both of those schemes. I'm not aware of any special forms by the Association of Realtors in any other state for probate. At the same time, though, you must uh, want to kind of control the process or limit liability or somehow structure expectations in writing. Your attorney, by definition, everything is in writing. How does that happen? What do you guys do in other states?
1: Yeah, so uh, first of all, just uh, I think this is well understood, but I am not a California lawyer. Uh, I am not licensed there. Uh, I will speak in generality about how we kind of manage and address these types of issues. Hmm. So each state, again, as I said earlier, handles these types of issues differently. Usually there's a golden ticket and everybody is trying to obtain a letter of administration, a document that gives the legal authority for somebody to act on behalf of either somebody that has died a trust a guardianship giving them the authority to act and usually within that document there are restrictions that may exist like for example you can't sell the house without getting a court order that's a type of restriction that may exist so it's that type of understanding of the uh, of the process for the lawyer as well as the realtor if you understand the expectations right before this call i had a client that i they're, they're desperately ready to you know they want to close they're ready to close and they texted me and said are we ready and i said well i think we'll have the letter of authority tomorrow and that letter of authority we're hoping to get will have no restriction and then it will hopefully allow that closing to take place bill do you mind cameron asked a question that i just want to yeah. If I could go back a step, I think it's a good question. Yeah. She said, "How do you develop the relationships that we're referring to?" Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just kind of <laughs> answer this broadly because I think it's important, and I I would say this to any practice area. It's not just for realtors. So first, I'm going to talk generally, and then we'll talk specifically around the lawyers. How do you get firms like ours? First of all, you have to you have to be willing to step out step out of your front of Netflix and Hulu and actually develop relationships in person. Usually I always say to my, you know, family, like looking people in the eye and meeting them face to face is a powerful connection. Doing it on a text or through a cold email is not. So I always say, put yourself out there in places where those people will be hyper niche that go to the places so if you're looking for lawyers go to the lawyer conference be among lawyers hand out your card develop authentic relations with those people um step out of your comfort zone mark wrote and yes you have to and i'm not saying don't go to keep going to realtor places you go to the places where the people you're trying to develop those relationships are so they may be at lawyer conferences. There's, there's. I'm sure there are local bar associations that meet, and there's opportunities there. And it may mean, um, you know, we get a lot of letters. I mean, to be fair, those letters land, they don't even, they don't get past the receptionist. Uh, sometimes, you know, some lawyers read them though. And I will tell you, if you're gonna do something that is gonna uh, get out of the noise of everything else, it really needs to be unique. So if you're just, you know, all day long, we're getting uh, spammed with emails, you know, asking if we'd sell their, if we'd be interested in, you know, working with them. Th- those don't stand out. So you have to de- figure out ways to stand out. And, uh, you know, I leave that to each person because there's no one way to do it. I would just simply say, don't do what everyone else is doing. Right be authentically yourself and go to the places where you can develop and strengthen those relationships. Someone wrote Bar Association. Sure. I'll tell you, I was at a Bar Association meeting. I didn't see a realtor walking around.
0: Interesting. Some have more realtors and attorneys and some have no realtors at all. And so in in LA, we have multiple associations. We have Downtown, Beverly Hills, Century City, Santa Monica, and they have different chapters within the bar. They have the trust, the real estate, you know, and you have to find it's different in every in every area, but you got to go to associations. I found them very very uh, practical to go to, and the classes because attorneys need CL, continuing education, CLE, that you know you can learn and meet attorneys there at the class, you know, uh, at the same time, as two for one. So definitely that's some great advice. So imagine if you were you would be, but you mentioned you were a real estate broker, but if you were maybe a sales manager for real estate agents who were going to go out to such events. You've been attacked, you've had realtors who heard you an attorney, threw you on the ground and slit your throat with a business card, I'm sure. How would you coach up a real estate agent who wanted to have a a relationship with you? What would you advise them to conduct themselves in, in those meetings?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I'll tell you what works for me and what I believe is an effective tool. So I believe in authenticity, authentic connections and relationships. So when somebody walks up to me and it feels very one-sided, I want you to send me business, doesn't resonate really well with me. I, I usually let people talk to me. You know, when I'm at conferences, I, I try to talk to everybody because you can learn from everybody. But imagine if somebody walked up and said, Hey, um, can I buy you a scoop of ice cream? You know, let's go get a lemonade or a cup of coffee. I'd love to just kind of I'd love to pick your brain. People like to talk about themselves. So Uh, If you could somehow get that conversation going two directions rather than one direction, but if you just are constantly, hey, will you consider me, will you consider me, will you consider me, we hear that all day long, and I think that that if you can develop uh, really strong, authentic relationships with people, and I think that's the best way, and those are the longest lasting, no different than your friendships and we have realtors that we've worked with for years i got employees that have been with me from the beginning of time because we establish authentic connections so that's my best piece of wisdom around that issue somebody wrote a question in the chat box about a particular issue about in versus being represented by a lawyer do you want me to take that on bill yeah that'd be great all right great so in pro per, for those people who don't know what that means it means in pro persona which is a uh, a legal kind of lawyers are really silly they they historically have used Latin words to really it's really an archaic way of communicating but it basically means without a lawyer so when you file something without a lawyer it's in pro per uh why don't they just say that I don't know but lawyers like to have this special language so with using or working with a a person that is in pro per without a lawyer versus a lawyer um you know it could it could be challenging because they don't know the language they don't know the rules they don't know the process that doesn't mean that working with the lawyers necessarily better because sometimes the lawyers are they won't call people back they're jerky you know they're charging a lot of money and and um, so it's it's there's no perfect scenario, but I mean, what you really want is a really good skilled lawyer who communicates well and is kind and respectful to the realtor that they're working with. But working with an improper per person can really be challenging. I mean, we know that, and we get calls all day long for people who are without the, the ability to afford a lawyer, and and they're just kind of wandering in the desert trying to figure out where to go. And sometimes they there their estates go on for years 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 and and they call us desperate for help and guidance and we try to guide them in the right direction but you know uh, you mentioned bill about these videos i have on youtube many many hundreds of videos that i do and i literally explain each form line by line you do you explain I mean, it all I really i mean if i just said and
0: took notes i would know what to do if i followed everything you told me to do
1: yeah, and and we we realize that there's gonna be a percentage of people that actually can follow exactly what we did and, and do it. But most still can't. It's hard to do it without a lawyer. The language is confusing. Things that I take for granted, no different than in your business. Right? I mean, you, you know what a purchase, you know your purchase agreements and you know the language in it, but most lay people don't. And they're relying on you to guide them through the process. Uh, it's no different than you know selling a house on your own it's it's daunting probate can really be challenging without um, a lawyer helping guide you through the process
0: i well, haven't been in court a lot i also see that judges will rely on certain attorneys take them at their word trust them because they have a license they're they're around regularly perhaps and give them a little bit of leeway they're just not going to give the inexperienced attorney and they're not going to give a pro per case. Like you got to follow the rule and they're just not going to give you that extra little tolerance to get things done. So definitely is a challenge. Um, and then without an attorney, there's other things like there's paralegals who won't take per cases to file documents. Say, well, that seems crazy. Why would they care? Because they don't want to work with somebody, you know, who's maybe not represented in many cases. So it's a, it definitely is a challenge to get vendors and help and even as a realtor. It, it, if you call me, I look at as potential for a lot of business. When a per calls me, at best, that's that one property typically. Not to say I don't treat them all skillfully, but it definitely isn't going to get the same. Um, how significant is the variance on getting bonds for probate or the case? And in your case, obviously, all your clients are represented by you. Propers have a tough time, in some cases, getting bonds. But you have clients sometimes that don't have the ability, do you handle that to help clients who are bondable because of your firm? Do you um, offer that as part of the service or part of the uh, package, or is that something that they struggle with as well?
1: Yeah, so again, I'm gonna pull the lens out a little bit just to make sure everyone understands this concept. A bond is a guarantee of performance. It is a um, a surety, a a guarantee that the person that's appointed is gonna perform their role they're not going to steal the money they're not going to make mistakes and if they do there's a bond available to um, make the estate whole so often the courts depending on what state you're dealing with uh, will mandate or a family member will ask for the imposition of a bond to ensure that the personal representative or conservator um, and the estate is protected enforce a bond and bonds can be really challenging for people to get bonds are challenging for people to get because you have to have pretty good credit you can't have usually bankruptcies or criminal stuff in your history so often people can't get bonded and many of the underwriters will require that a lawyer be representing the person to be able to get the bond so We get calls quite often from people who have tried to get a bond but are not going to be able to they can't qualify because they don't have a lawyer working with them, or they may be at a higher risk. So the reason that the bonding companies want a lawyer involved is there's a higher likelihood that the person will um, not default or breach their fiduciary duties and their bond is at less risk, so it is something that we uh, get questions about quite often we're also careful about who we want to represent if we if we are involved with somebody that doesn't pass the smell test or we're worried uh, then we may uh, we may not be interested or willing to uh, to take them on hopefully that's helpful in terms of just in context and again I'm trying to paint broad paintbrush strokes because I'm not a California lawyer and I'm just in concept, um, I want to just give, a general understanding to the people of how these concepts work.
0: No, I think it's a good point, and it varies by state. But in many cases, one of the values the attorney brings is the ability to get bond where they otherwise can't. Might affect the price of the bond, so it's worth comparing. Yeah. So, do you now? I do find that there's in every industry, attorneys no different than the others. There's a certain degree of, you know, price shopping is it's a good value, but there's also often a trade-off between price and value. So how do you position yourself when, when attorneys ultimately ask you, well, what's this cost? What's it gonna cost the client? Or if a consumer comes in they ask the cost, how do you position the value you create versus the price? In California, there's a maximum by statute, but some charge less, of course, there's discounting. And some attorneys say, well, you get, you get lower quality at the lower price. How do you manage that value trade-off?
1: Yeah, and each state handles this issue differently in terms of uh fee structure uh what we what we want to avoid is a race to the bottom you know we're, we're not a we're not the most expensive firm and we're not the cheap discount firm we don't want to be either of those we want to deliver a great value for uh the people that work with us and we believe that we are always trying to uh kind of walk the tightrope of being in balance between We don't wanna be the most expensive and we surely don't wanna be the cheapest because uh, you gotta pay the bills and you gotta be able to, there's a reason that we call people back. There's a reason that I've got sufficient staffing to return calls and handle all the matters that need to be handled because we're charging an appropriate rate. Often the discount people just don't do that. And you end up having uh, paralegals doing work that lawyers should be doing and phone calls not getting returned. And in most states, I can't speak to California, but I know that in most states, one of the greatest frustrations with the relationship with the lawyer is that the lawyer at the beginning of the file is hands-on and great. And then during the life of the file, a communication breaks down. If any of you have ever worked with a lawyer, uh, I, I, we hear this all the time. Awesome. So we want, um, we want, that not to occur. We want communication to be responsive within 24 or 48 hours at all times. So discount lawyers really struggle being able to do that because they just don't have the bandwidth. They're they're always trying to attract uh, new files and uh, they're they're not tending often to the files uh, that they've got that they're responsible for. So uh, we want to strike a a good balance point. So our, our position is that we uh, try to charge the appropriate rate within the community based on the complexity of the services.
0: You know, my experience is ninety percent of customers are dissatisfied with the attorney by the end of the case. And and you're right. There's a certain honeymoon where they love it, and then it starts to break apart. And I always find that's my job is to be the grease and the wheels there to keep things moving. Um, and you also said something that's really interesting. Just just to highlight, to everybody listening is there's a difference between real estate time and lawyer time returning time you know attorneys it's appropriate they return phone calls in 24 48 hours that's fantastic if they did that every time that would be phenomenal that's not normally the case realtors we expect phone calls returned in an hour we expect oh, people yeah. that we call and we call in the listing we expect the listing agent or staff to call back within an hour about a question that's realtor time that's not you can't expect attorneys that level of time 24 to 48 but they should get back every time that I fail or acknowledge that they owe you a phone call maybe via email or text it's
1: yeah important. Bill I I completely agree with you I'll tell you that uh the lawyers that uh send us work which are really my clients they know they can get a hold of me and they can get a hold of me at any time always so you know Sunday midweek wow. evenings they're getting a hold of me, and I'm getting text messages and phone calls all the time. So I'm completely accessible, and I, I require that the people in my office are highly responsive. We have a, we have a rule here at this office. So let's say uh, somebody calls and and says, um, "Bill, uh, I've been trying to get hold of Bill. Uh, bill hasn't called me back. I'm you know I've called three times. We have a rule." that the moment somebody complains that they can't get through to somebody, they have to be scheduled in the calendar for an appointment that day. They could maybe by phone, if they're not around, but they're going to get a call. And they're going to get a communication because we are not going to operate like many of the law firms do around the country where they just simply don't return people's calls. I find that intolerable.
0: It's amazing. I mean, I had a client, yesterday yeah, call called me. She's the, uh, there's two people fighting and so there's a special ministry appointed and they're trying to sell property and it's been court confirmed it's been dragging on for two to three months inexplicable there's public record information about what's going on with it i called the agent tax agent i called the attorney email the attorney two days no response but that's not abnormal that's unfortunately i always say to people that's the good news that's the competition that's all it have to be uh compared to those other people and I I think the same with
1: you as well well I I would just argue I I find it unacceptable people are desperate the people we're working with are often desperate they're scared their house is about to close or whatever may be going on and they want access and communication so one of the things that we talk about is just again if if somebody can't because they're in court or in trial then somebody says Bill is in trial today. Please don't expect he's going to be able to call you back today. Please understand. Is there some emergency? You know, we try to understand what's going on rather than just being left to not know what's happening. The client's feeling uh, dissatisfied. So uh, it's a really important piece that I would I would suggest that for the realtors out there, um, your clients want to hear from you, and I argue. Or I would suggest that those realtors who are working with lawyers, we love when the realtors are giving us communication. It helps us boots on the ground, know what's going on. Uh, so we welcome the feedback and communication from the realtors.
0: So far, not that this point disappointed when I say this, that it's made you've said basically that to do business with companies, your company or companies like yours, show up, be on time, return phone calls, know your business uh uh be be uh, communicative develop a relationship not just asking for business but it doesn't sound like you're talking about much more fundamental good business to me
1: yeah i'll tell you uh people will ask me very often how i grew this into such a large business uh, we just tripped over 100 employees and it's simple it's really simple i learned it all as i said earlier in kindergarten first and second grade Call people back, honor, do exactly as you said you're going to do. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Be respectful. Do good work. Treat people nicely. Follow your core values. You know, we've got our core values here and and uh, we live and breathe them. And um, I would just argue that if you follow those basic things, um, we were never hit with a, a, a bolt of lightning. And all of a sudden, you know, cases fell into our lap. Each Clay case in each relationship was hard work. And still is hard work. I'm still as motivated today as I was when I started.
0: I was saying that real probate attorneys, real probate realtors brag about the problems they solve, fake ones complain about them, right? You, if you talk, when I talk to an attorney who's really in the business, like you are in the groin, you're gonna brag about, oh, we had a case of the day, it did this, it did that with you like thrilled to share uh other people it's like oh my gosh it sounds like a lot of work and it's like embrace that or you're in the wrong business I think at some point
1: yeah I, I would lean right into it and we, we we lean into the problems and the and and here's another thing we learned when we were quite young Bill I I know you were too but when you make a mistake we take it head on and we own it Yes, I, yeah. I call clients back. Hey, listen, I'm the owner of the law firm, so usually I'm the uh, the one that has to handle these calls, and right. and and we acknowledge and validate uh, what they what they've experienced and hope to regain their trust because right. this is a relationship of trust. They've hired us to do this important piece of their professional or personal life, I should say, mm-hmm. and it's about trust. So when the trust has been diminished, we have to restore that trust. And you know, it's no different than any other relationship work. We 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 know that it's a, it's it takes work and energy. It doesn't come easy.
0: Right. Hey, just uh, real quick housekeeping. Um, uh, this is our probate weekly call. We do this every uh, Thursday at four pm Pacific, seven pm Eastern. You can sign up at probateweekly.com. Uh, and then if you want to join with a Facebook group, you're free to join probate experts on facebook to join we have about 2500 members around the country and if you have questions there after the come after this video is over we'd love to have you jump in and um participate we get you know, people asking about uh probate cases and leads all around the country so free to participate and join there as well and then again our guest today uh the probate pro uh and if you go online, find actually pops up and asks you if you need any help which is fantastic this is the this is a, a, a national probate firm that does uh this service it really is primarily for professionals like us realtors and or other attorneys to do business around the country and I'm really excited to have him on here I think it's one of the largest firms I've ever talked to so I really I uh, feel like I've learned a lot and I really just want to say everybody on the, phone, on the call today the goal here is not to learn how to pick apart Darren's phone call to show up in his office tomorrow with a stack of business cards and drag business out the door it's really Let's, learn, let's try to learn the principles and the process to make ourselves better and worthy of that business. And then it will come to us naturally. I think that's what comes across in talking to him today so much is the importance of the fundamentals rather than some secret sauces to get you business.
1: Yeah, I think that's it, Bill. I, I don't think there's a secret sauce. I mean, if the, or if there is a secret sauce, it is the fundamentals mm. uh, of, of treating people well. And uh, we work hard. I mean, this is a uh, a business that works hard. And I was at one time I was a sole person. I I did it all. I did every aspect of the business, and um, but I, I had ambition to grow something quite quite large, and and a vision to do so. And then surrounded myself around really good people to help uh, actualize that vision. So you know, we've got a long way to go. We're not quite where we want to be. Uh, we're going to get to 100 lawyers. That's our uh, goal at the moment. So, wow, uh, really, really um, working hard to uh, grow the business.
0: As I imagine yeah. that the, um, the COVID, the the move towards virtualization would accelerate the opportunity to get 100 lawyers. It's still challenging. You saw the the problems and the finances and all that. But I imagine that it is more possible today than it was four years ago.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel really fortunate that I grew up in a technolo- technologically advanced time. Uh when I started, you know, whether it was right at the end of like, you know, Ditto paper and um, you know, carbon paper and manual IBM Selectric uh, typewriters and I I, I embrace technology and, and I think that uh, as we have uh, evolved, uh, we got quite comfortable with technology and the ability to use whether it's electronic communication like this Zoom, as well as DocuSign, uh, as well as our Salesforce system and other technologies that we use, uh, we embrace it. We love it, and it poses some challenges uh, because it's different. It's a different business now. We used to meet everyone face to face, and we'd shake hands and we'd, you know, talk. Uh, now it's different. It's a it's a, we're we're talking often through a piece of glass. So it's a different form you have to develop connections um and sometimes can be quite challenging so i go to a lot of conferences uh for that reason i go to conferences to meet people and to uh you know have opportunities to develop and build relationships and i think that to the um you know whether you're involved in a church or synagogue or country club or community or Elks Club, or whatever it may be, these are all opportunities. I'll give you an example of something that I learned a, a long time ago uh, when I was doing uh, philanthropy work for a charity. They they trained us. When somebody says, "How are you doing?", our normal response is to say, "I'm busy, crazy busy. The kids are great, you know." Uh, but within that, we were taught to say, "And by the way, I'm I'm a realtor at." Or i'm a lawyer and i'm trying to build my business and then develop and and have a conversation about things that you're you're interested in and um so it, that that's effective i'm not shy about uh talking to people um anywhere i may be who uh ask how i'm doing i'll, I'll tell them i'm interested in growing and building a business and oftentimes that it's an opportunity to develop a new relationship.
0: Is the relationship with attorneys in other markets, uh, is the basis the geographic referrals, i.e. you're in Los Angeles, if you come across people in any of the other 49 states, you, you can make one phone call and get the answer, What is the what's the value proposition when you meet an attorney in, a, in another area?
1: I want to make sure I understood your question. Are you saying what is the value proposition for the lawyer in California to work with us, for yeah. example? Yeah. We're a conference, oh, oh, we I need do. a
0: bar and I, you buy me a beer. I buy you a beer. We're just chatting. And what do you do? Yeah. I run pro pro Oh, yeah. why would I work with yeah. you? What's the connection?
1: Yeah. So uh, it's two directional. So first of all, the referring law firms that are using us are uh, we provide a particular solution to a true pain point that they have, these lawyers um and so those lawyers can be anywhere in the country because they're often working with clients all over the country and then we've got our recipient what we call our local lawyers where we're handing work to them Mm -hmm. so they they want to develop relationships with us for the the right to receive work i think that um you know the the point here is the, the real point of my messaging about uh letting people know what you do in in a polite and respectful way is you just don't know when the opportunity is going to arise, you know? And again, I think that it's a lot easier to fish in a barrel uh, than it is in a, in a giant sea. So I I suggest that those conversations occur in conferences or in places where your prospective relationships may be Uh more than just simply out in the street
0: got it and i think also about technology is you're using this technology to give you the freedom to travel and meet people you know the technology for the sake of technology uh, if you could if that worked google would do all the probate business google doesn't do it they sell you services or some me services uh, that enable me to meet more customers i might see less customers in person but i might do five zoom calls on an average listing versus one personal meeting and the rest phone calls. so the idea is to use this technology to Help us meet more people and not the
1: opposite very interesting insight yeah no um, i mean to your point this this podcast i'm sure is used to strengthen and develop relationships right So it's, it's your opportunity to to do that and and there are many ways to do that i mean there's just there's no one way there's no one right. uh, uh manner upon which to develop and everyone uses their own talents and strengths to do so yours may be that you're a great communicator and you like to do podcasts others may be that they you know are I don't know at the fish fry at the at the church and the, and they develop and strengthen relationships there
0: right and as long as you're doing what you're good at and you enjoy that's what the key is to find that combination I think by what you do and then it's no longer work it just becomes what you do on a daily basis so um tell me one of the niches I'm involved I don't know if it, if it comes up as much in your business given the type of business you do is inheritance advances or probate advances is that part of the, of the business package you get involved with? Do you work with vendors on that? Do customers need that or the attorneys already handle that relationship? How does that uh, come across in your practice?
1: Yeah. So, what you're referring to, Bill, is when the administration is going on and a family member is going to inherit, but it may be many months down the road, there are lenders who will advance their right to the inheritance. They'll give them money up front uh, at a discount and so we we do get approached quite often they're becoming more and more prevalent these these uh types of situations uh we don't generally originate them uh obviously they're not generally they're not economically good decisions they're generally decisions that are made in desperation people can't afford to pay their next month's rent or their mortgage payment and they have to Sell the right to their future inheritance by taking money now. So, uh, but we see those, we see those coming, and, uh, and and we deal with them when when they do come, and we uh, will help navigate through the process if if necessary.
0: I see them. I end up using them more now to enable the attorney to oh. help the customer get money for maybe bonds, filing fees, yeah. publication expenses yeah. on the house um and or to get an attorney because to not get an attorney i think is way worse decision than the discount money to advance the attorney's fees that's what they want to do
1: yeah and again i'm not i hope i didn't come off as passing judgment on it often the um you know there are there are reasons to do this and i'm not opposed to um whether it be a pre-suit funding or a, an advance for an inheritance, uh, there are really purposes and timeliness for those events to take place. I just think that I don't generally, uh, prom- I don't generally go out and assist with that. Hmm. Usually, those are coming to us, not us promoting it to others. Got it. We do get people. Listen, we're dealing with you know humanity here. We got people at every kind of situations. Some who are very wealthy, and most uh, are representative of our country who are not doing well and are really struggling.
0: So far, I think the biggest comment we got from you today was on the call out on the IBM selective typewriter. Those of us who remember, I remember when the executive was replaced by the selector, that was like, I don't know what you want to call that, like when the uh, Xbox first came out, it was like a major technological <laughs> interface. They the all elected, the executives had like the old fingers, but they were electric. And the selector was a little ball. And uh, I was a fast typist. And that was a life-changing experience for me.
1: I remember a lot of whiteout. out I used to paint yeah. you know, a lot of whiteout out painting.
0: Yeah, those of us with gray hair remember the whiteout out on the paper yeah. it was a
1: regular thing. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah. Any particular national conference that you think you you, you know, put your real estate broker hat back on for a minute here that you would advise any particular conferences that you think are maybe underrepresented or under um, attended by uh, real estate brokers or agents who are looking to build their business in this, in this niche?
1: Yeah, so I would start smaller initially, Bill. I think that if I were starting over, and again, I don't know the people that are uh, uh, that are listening here, whether they have huge practices or or they're just getting started or somewhere in between. But I would start small and then build from there. Mm. So what I mean by that is it's really hard to go into a conference with 2000 people and and just constantly that's, you know, it's challenging. Uh, but I do think starting small in smaller forums is, is the place to go where lawyers may be. Um, and again, um, you know, starting at those bar associations or community Kind of places and develop and strengthen those those relationships in a smaller forum and then go bigger so i'm going to national conferences because i know that those relationships that are referring us business are at those national conferences um i think that um you know developing those relationships at bar associations um you know somehow uh being a, an opportunity to, to develop relationships is is a really good strategy. And we're, we're a, uh, we do a lot of marketing. We're, we're really proud of our marketing. You could even see on our website, I'm bending over backwards. It's, it's, it's a totally non-traditional website. Instead of standing, you know, a bunch of lawyers standing in front of a bunch of law books, uh, we wanted to be authentic to who we are. We're playful, we're fun, we're nice. Um, and we wanted it to not look like any other law firm so that does want, it by the way
0: yeah it <laughs> does it you achieves your goal
1: <laughs> yeah we, we we have some fun with it and and sometimes even we do a lot of social media stuff where we're where we're uh educating so another strategy for the realtors would be education and whether it's you know if for example if they're comfortable doing TikTok or instagram or you know facebook and just explaining basic concepts um people like to consume it I do a lot of TikTok and YouTube and social media stuff because I can communicate my field and people consume it and like it so you can become a subject matter expert it's another way to uh kind of market yourself but ultimately the key is to stand out there's a lot of realtors there's a lot of lawyers there's actually a lot of probate lawyers who are smarter than me and maybe better but we know how to run a business and we know how to market, we know how to develop authentic relationships, which allows us to stand out among the crowd. And that's what this is about. You have to figure out a way to stand out from the noise. There's a lot of people who are in your shoes and no different than in high school when there was one person with the Mohawk who stood out. You have to figure out your way to stand out and, and connect with people.
0: I'm not gonna get a mohawk still <laughs> <laughs> i never had the mohawk
1: either i couldn't well a mohawk. i will say though i think
0: within the realm of probate attorneys you are the equivalent of the mohawk and that you stand out as really one of the uh industry experts i do point people to your website all the time i say look watch this content and paraphrase it, or share it and comment on it you know you can take your youtube i can share a link on facebook to your youtube and just summarize a couple sentences where i learned from it. I tell people when you start, just get started doing something to get attention and you'll find your voice over time. Don't think you have to be polished like the probate program right of the gate. Darren, I go on for hours, but we are coming at the end of the hour and I only paid you for one hour's time. So I don't want to get charged for a whole other hour. I don't know where the money is. There's no I never
1: got the check, Bill. Oops, I gotta go.
0: No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being willing to share with the agents across the country here on our on our platform. And I appreciate your time uh previously as well. Thank you so much for being willing to share with us. I I, I just can't tell how much I appreciate your time today.
1: No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to people, as always. I, uh, people are saying thank you in the chat box. I would just say for anybody that, uh, you know, is interested in any of our content, uh, we love feedback, as Bill just mentioned. Uh, we're on TikTok, and I love getting five-star Google reviews. So uh, if you liked what we had to say here, give us a five-star Google review to the Probate Pro. We'd love it. And I thank you, and I hope to meet you in, in all at some point down the road. Appreciate the <laughs> opportunity, Bill.
0: Thanks, thanks so much. And again, if you want to find him, uh website theprobatepro.com and other social media. If you go to the probate pro, you'll see the links to social media as well as you'll see him bending over backwards and make you happy. Thanks again so much, Darren. And the rest of you, thank you so much for joining us today. If uh feel free to like this, to like it, or subscribe. This probic weekly we do every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and we also live stream it on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm Bill Gross at Bill Gross EXP and social media. Feel free to call, text, or email me if I can help you with any probate issues. Thank you all. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone.